Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode from Setting the Tone. Today is our Black Orchid Empire special. Stick around because I'll be telling you more what that entails right after the intro. Hello everybody and welcome back to today's episode. As you heard me say back in the intro there, Today is our Black Orchid Empire special. Simply what we've got coming up for you on today's show, we've got a wonderful interview with Paul where we sit down and discuss the album coming up on April the 14th as well as lyrical themes, uh, inspirations and much more. Um, to kick off the show, we have got the brand new track taken from that album which is Deny the Sun on Seasons of Mist. Hope you enjoy that track. It is currently out now so please go ahead and stream and um, go and check out the, the video for this track it's a great video um, and right after the single is played we'll go straight into our interview with Paul um, stick around
everyone, and welcome to Paul from Black Orchard Empire. Paul, welcome to Set and Tone, making your debut on the show. Thanks very much. I'm going to correct you as the first thing I say, which is that it's Orchid, not Orchard. Oh, sorry, Orchid. I have wrote that down <laughs> as Orchard. So Black, or- Black <laughs> oh, Orchid Empire. Like a whole different band, I reckon. It's, it's possibly a made-up band that I've made on the spot, which is really <laughs> bad. Um, it's fine. I'll let it out and um, it'll be okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's start talking about the journey for Black Orchids um, Empire. That, um, yeah. For those that don't know, how did how did the band start? What was the journey? Um, it was a long, long time ago now. <laughs> that uh, uh, myself and Billy were in a band together um, way back when, um, and that was called Cape Fear. That uh, had various different lineups and. Uh, Dave ended up joining that band and uh, after another lineup change we decided to start jamming as a three-piece and then that kind of made sense that we would just start writing new stuff and then that new stuff turned into a different thing so we just basically changed the project completely and, and Black Hooker came out of that so it's, we've been working together for a long time we've known each other for a long time um, but it was the kind of second project we'd done together if you like. In terms of like because you're relatively a new band. What's that been like breaking through into such a very crowded industry? There's so many bands. I kind of liken it to like a young boy wanting to be a football player. It's every young boy's dream pretty much. <laughs> and very few kind of make it. It's a little different because there's no tryouts. So that's the tricky <laughs> part. Um, I mean, this is the thing. You say we're a relatively new band. I suppose we are in the grand scheme of things. But I think the main thing people underestimate is just how long it takes to keep working mm. the same and, and find some success. Um, you know, the, the band really formed in 2011, 2012, and we've been kind of going ever since then, but uh, we didn't get signed until a bit later on uh, in that kind of 2017. So I suppose it's still new-ish <laughs> to a lot of people, but it's still, yeah. it feels to us like we've been doing it for a very long time. And I think that's that's true of almost everything. If you look at bands that you think, wow, they, they, you know, they've really hit the big time. I bet you they've been doing it for 10 years without you knowing. <laughs> That's what normally happens on it. The one I always think is amazing is the 1975, who've been in a band for 20 years already because they started when they were so young. And uh, obviously they're a massive, like, they're a huge megastar band now, but hasn't always been the case. No, ex- exactly. And I think if, um, I don't know if you were at the headline show, but then if you could touch mine back to download 2009, that was the first time Slipknot had headlined that festival. And there's been a band Man. for like, like, what, 20 years prior or whatever. So... Yeah, I, I take your point that, you know, behind the scenes, there's EPs going on, there's singles, there's maybe even an album that many don't even get their hands on or know about. So I suppose, is that kind of how you prepare yourself for a band? When you start that journey, you're kind of like, right, this is where we want to get to, but there's a lot of work that's got to go in to get to that yeah. point. It's interesting. I, I think you've got to, you cannot overestimate how much work it is to 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 be in a band. But the the good thing is that you're doing something you absolutely love doing. And as long as that's the case, then it doesn't really seem like work. But I think I'd be, I give advice like this all the time in my role as like a producer of other bands and, and talking to people in bands when we're touring and stuff. And it's like, you're you're the, the foothills of a huge climb up Everest and it's going to be like a long haul. It's not something you're going to do in a week. And as long as you have that mindset, then it's a lot more uh, kind of, it's a lot more possible to do it, I think. Yeah. Do you think that comes into place with like making the right moves early in terms of doing the right things and having the right mindset? Totally. I think um, 
well, it's weird. You can't really think about the long term uh, when you start out. Nobody's capable of that really anyway. But I think the main thing is um, if you try and be too specifically goal orientated, I think you're going to end up being in trouble because what I mean by that is if you say, all right, our goal as a band is to play Brixton Academy, right, great. That's fine. And everything you do to get to that point will mean something because you're kind of driving towards that. But all that happens with the goal is you either don't get it and you're frustrated because you haven't achieved this goal or, or you manage to achieve that goal. And then there's the next thing. And it, really what matters is the process. It, it matters that you're enjoying doing what you do and you're, you love your music and you love the whole process of being in a band. And if you're good at it and you love it, you will achieve success as a sort of byproduct of that. Um, I've talked about this before, but I think it's a it's a common it's not really a mistake, but it's a common position bands find themselves in where they think, right, we want management. Now we want a label. Now we want an agent. Now we want whatever it is. And those are all really important things that you have to have. But what actually happens is you do something, you love doing it. And along the way, people come out of the woodwork and start approaching you about different things. And those things happen organically. It's very hard to say I'm going to go and get myself a record deal right now. That just hardly ever happens. Um, you got the reason why I touched on that is you guys are about to launch album number four in a matter of uh -huh. weeks, and I'm aware that you've got a label and you've got a management, yeah. and yeah. I think it's it's those kind of reasons why I've touched on those points. You know, getting those right. With that being said, let's talk about album number four, which is the uh, follow up to the 2020 release. What have you guys been doing in between that time? I mean, what has anybody been doing right since 20? <laughs> <laughs> sleep sleep it <laughs> it's a weird ride i mean we decided to release the record um and to just forge ahead i spoke about this during that kind of promo period around that record um we were wondering about whether we should sort of postpone that release until after um you know so that we could make sure we could tour and obviously that would never have happened so that was good it ended up being really well received and it, i was quite glad about how how that panned out it worked really well for us um nobody was touring it was kind of weird we we played the first shows for that material like two years after it was released nearly or like a 18 months after release it's it's pretty mad the um th what that did though is it enabled us to start thinking about the next record really early so some of the riffs uh from uh the new record tempest veritas is well those riffs are, are things that we were writing in 2020 around the release of semaphore um we'd been toying with these ideas for a long time and that's meant that we've had a really kind of good chunk of time to develop the ideas and to really concentrate on the kind of um the details of it so that's been quite good uh, and obviously we had a kind of forced break from touring as well so it's it's been quite cool but that's basically what we've been doing is writing this record and then obviously the last chunk of time we've been able to tour again we've been back on the road so that's been great um but yeah it's been it's been a weird <laughs> weird period for everybody it has it, it, it almost doesn't feel like it's happened it all kind of feels like it was like one big year and now we're just a one. big blur yeah yeah exactly exactly you know um how, what have you guys done differently with this um album have you done any different writing techniques or um maybe just the way you i don't know, go into a room and record the album differently well we uh run our own studios so the way we always record is obviously in our own place which has been great we're very diy <clears throat> um so everything in terms of the writing and the production and uh and the mix has been in-house um and our friend ermin Herminovich did the mastering again um 
the difference has been uh, probably an even more collaborative approach um, to the record. We, we wrote it in roughly the same way that we did with Semaphore, which is coming up with um, kind of ideas and then sort of swapping them around with each other, but all together in the control room, if you like, in, in an environment where we're not in a rehearsal space, we're actually just demoing and recording ideas all at the same time and writing each other's parts, which is always really fun. So, you know, I might write bass parts and drum parts and the other guys might write vocal parts and guitar parts. And um, having that kind of uh, freedom to be truly collaborative has been really cool. And that's extended down to the concept and the lyrical ideas and the melodies and everything. So it's a truly, it is the three of us having a hand in kind of every aspect of the record, which has been really nice. No, I, mean, I think that's really cool because often people just do like maybe the guitars just write for the guitars and lyrics and whereas you guys are able to give a little bit of everything and your own thoughts which is really nice i like that um what in terms of making this better what did you do to kind of level up was there any like extra practicing that went in or i don't know maybe juice runs nope. or <laughs> the practicing is the next step because we've got to learn how to play all these songs properly uh, <laughs> frankly terrifying um yeah it's definitely pushing the boundaries technically our, our two things i know every band kind of says this like it's our heaviest record and it's our most melodic and it kind of is but it's it's always been about the there's a sort of juxtaposition of technicality and heaviness and kind of big riffs and stuff and where that meets uh melody and narrative and lyrical ideas and songwriting has been really that's where we've kind of found our place and that's where we've been trying to push ourselves the hardest so seeing how far you can push that connection um in both directions so if something is going to be you know like a heavy moment we'll make it the heaviest moment it can be and if it's going to be a really big epic melodic soaring chorus then let's really push into that and make it as as, as much that as it can be and that's kind of what we've always tried to do but i feel like we've, we've even more so on this album it's very focused across our records i think we've developed a much clearer sense of what we are and where we fit um and what our kind of strengths are so that's it's the most focused uh record i think we've made okay cool what's the um obviously i haven't yet to hear the album what's the album about in terms of the con is there a concept or a journey what's it yeah. what's it about nobody's heard it yet have they um <clears throat> so the um Denver was a sci-fi record all right it was a, it was a concept album based on lots of sci-fi stories and we're calling this one hi-fi because it's basically a similar idea but based on historical concepts so mm -hmm. something that we've all agreed on as like this kind of moment in history that that, that uh, is sort of well documented and part of history is always mythology anyway because nobody was really there nobody he's alive now was there so it's very interesting to find these little moments in events that have the potential for different stories being told so we've kind of imagined what it would be like to be in the shoes of these people and to imagine different stories. So for example, the first single that comes out on the 1st of February is called Deny the Sun. And that is based on the idea of Galileo realizing that he, he'd done quite a few calculations and the sun was probably in the middle, uh, not the earth. And it's it, putting in the mind of the Pope at the time, Pope Urban VIII, fantastically named, uh, who was told by his friend uh that all this information and i was thinking how am i possibly gonna sell this as an idea to the kind of devoutly religious people of the time so it's, i know it sounds ridiculous but <laughs> these, are, these are the moments so that that moment in history was a really interesting turning point and of course we've ended up here 
following that path of science and realizing that that is the case but it could have gone a different way and in the, in the end of course Galileo was condemned for his books that he was writing and made to answer for that um and the whole album is based on those kinds of ideas so it's kind of high concept but what that really enables us to do is to dig into a story and tell it collectively and we would develop the music develop the melody and then together develop the lyric for that narrative so it's been really fun oh it sounds like a great pub conversation before the uh album has been written and recorded Definitely. Well, or, or, or drunken conversations during that. <laughs> <laughs> or like, yeah. Awesome. Obviously, the, the single, the first single of the album is coming out early February, which I can't wait to hear. Um, mm. What's the uh, what's the video concept? If we're going for like a Galileo aspect to this, is there? <laughs> yeah, our friend Alina, who made all the videos for Semaphore, who's an amazing talent, um, shot uh, a load of footage out in LA with uh, another friend of ours, Arena, as this insane sun goddess um, dancing around in the desert, which is pretty cool. And then we shot some performance elements ourselves here in the studio as well, um, again with Alina. And uh, it's come together, it's really, really cool. It's kind of abstract and it's mad, but it's awesome. So it's like a big trippy psychedelic kind of expression. Um, so I think we've always tried to do with videos is, there's the concept of the song and that's really strong. But there's also a tangential concept for the video that isn't necessarily just telling the same story as the song. It's like another narrative inspired by the message of that song. And that's what Alina crafted really wonderfully for us before. So she's doing that again for us with our current crop of singles. In terms of inspirations, you've mentioned about Galileo. What else do you guys draw upon inspirations for the album and just in general? Um, well, if you're talking narrative wise, we've been all over the course of history. There's songs based on the idea of a viking settler in the 800s wondering why he's stopped seeing omens from the gods there's uh, a story about um yuri gagarin on his failed test flight which he died on and uh, him spinning uncontrollably in his airplane looking up at the space uh, above him and realizing he was never going to see the stars again as the only man who'd ever been there um there's one about the uh, mesoamerican empire ruled by montezuma who was confronted by Cortez turning up from Spain in all these amazing ships and mistook him for the feathered god Quetzalcoatl until he saw him bleed and then realized he must be a human after all so he killed him it's that it's that kind of stuff it's uh it's pretty out there but they're just little nuggets of fun story that we've found or grisly and you know disgusting story in some cases that we found in moments of history um musically speaking a lot of our favorite influences are still really strong for us so we love bands like Periphery and Tesseract and Monuments and that kind of prog tech scene. Um, and also Carnival in a big way and things like Deftones, Gajira, um, Meshuggah, a lot of that side. A lot of the songs though are kind of a bit more melodic and a bit bigger and more epic in that way. So I think probably drawing on some of the influences outside of the heavy music world um, because we all work as producers as well. So I'm constantly writing pop songs and producing in that way. So that's given us a kind of ear for big melodic hooks so yeah it's not musically it's not just inspired by other sort of heavy music is that kind of like obviously we spoke about in the the early part of the conversation there about when new bands are coming through and trying to have that identity do you think that's what sets you guys apart having these different themes so to speak as opposed to maybe the next band that's on after you i don't know if it sets us apart because i think a few people are probably working in that way i guess it's what makes uh what's it's what inspires us and it's what makes us perform you know and write to, to the fullest extent we can i'd like to think that the the main thing that people come back to for our music is 
it isn't just a sort of big powerful dose that you have once and then think that was cool and gone to the next thing hopefully it's mm. something that was and i always like it when i listen to a piece of music and then five minutes later i find myself humming it you know without realizing i think that's what we're trying to achieve with our songs so they we really are song focused and the riffs and the kind of heaviness is an added part of that and it's often where we start but i'm only really i only really love listening to music when it's got that other kind of melodic aspect as well for me i love the power of like screen vocals and stuff and, and there are loads of bands that do that really well but for us it's always been about melody so i think that's probably the, the core thing yeah, awesome what's um what's next for you guys with when the album's out i imagine there'll be some sort of tour there and with promoting the album yeah absolutely we're um playing loom fest which is a brand new festival um on april the 15th which is the day after the album drops which is gonna be really cool and that's in camden at the black heart so okay. that's worth checking out it's a really small intimate little we're co-headlining um so i recommend people get on board with that because it's going to sell out fairly soon i think not it's, it's one of those scary things where there's only about 80 days till april yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. Um, <laughs> uh, after that we're definitely going to do some expensive uk uh touring i'd love to go to europe again it's been a long time since we managed to get out there for various reasons as you can imagine um, and we'd also love to go to the States and um, plans for all over the world. We'd love to go to Australia, New Zealand. So, yeah, there's a lot in store that's hopefully all kind of coming about. Awesome. Um, just some quick fire questions next week to finish off um, our conversation tonight, Paul. Okay. Um, if you could have anyone in your band, so forming a new band, the person could be, the people could be dead or alive, who would you have in your band? Jesus Christ. Um, Prince? Yeah, good shout. <laughs> He'd be handy, wouldn't he? I think. It, it, it's a, he's a little bit eccentric. Yeah, definitely. Or was. <laughs> he knows his way around a song or two. Yeah, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I think he's got a bit of experience in songwriting. So, yeah, he'd be good. Good songs, yeah. Um, and if you could record a record with, who would that be and why? Oh, my God. Um, I'd love to do a Deftones record. Um, do you mean as a producer though, or do you mean if our band? Oh, be... good. I'll tell you, let's do producer and a band because you are a producer. As a producer, there's lots. Like, if I got the chance to do a carnival record, I'd be crazy excited. You know, there's some of my favorites. It's funny because in some of these cases, I know that could never happen, but um, yeah, like, no, nobody's going to be producing Tesseract anytime soon because that is very much an in house job. <laughs> <laughs> our PR, and he's a lovely dude. Um, but the yeah, I mean, in terms of who we would want to produce us, I'd love to do a record with Nolly because he's just Nolly. Um, I don't know what how that would go. I'd love to do a record with like a really outs like a, a a producer you would never expect. I mean, we've never done that, by the way. We've ne in this band, we've only ever produced ourselves. Um, but that's why I was only have a band with three producers in the band. There's already there's already too many producers. We don't need any extra ones. Um, but I think. It would be great to do, you know, something with like, well, I suppose Rick Rubin has a has a um, a pretty good pedigree of doing heavy bands as well. Um, yeah. Or uh, Andrew Sheps would be legendary. Um, I don't know. It would be really interesting. But the trouble is, if that, that happened, I'd probably just be like punishing them with questions about their process and learning them instead of actually being in the band. So that's probably not a very good idea. No, but you, it's good to learn. It's good to it's good to learn techniques and you know take notes. So I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you for that. Um, are you a Marvel or a DC kind of guy? Oh, just Marvel all the way. Uh, yeah, good lad. <laughs> we, uh, we we could be friends. 
Um, and lastly, what was that? What was your album of the year last year? Oh, did I even listen to any music last year? I don't, I don't remember. It, it's honestly, it's so weird when you work in music all the time. You just my job of being a music fan has become i'm terrible at it i've got little kids the, the music i listen to mostly is like the soundtrack of the matilda musical or uh like frozen or something <laughs> that's the problem so i i don't know i could even say i love uh the leprous stuff i thought the sleep token stuff was insane as well mm-hmm. um the gajira stuff was cool it's, there's so much music being made and released all the time and it's like i'm looking i'm telling you what i'm excited for i'm excited for the new periphery record because that comes out quite soon and uh, yeah. the single pretty insane the the, the the single wildfire with like the mental jazz breakdown on it is incredible who knows where that's going to go but to hear that i think that the the bet one of the best things to come out of the pandemic has been over the last couple of years the amount of good quality albums that have come out for me there's been so many yeah. good albums over the last two three years so make people stay at home they tend to make records <laughs> that's what we've learned <laughs> is, is there like a hidden motive behind that somewhere like a message yeah. it was all <laughs> to boost the arts i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe but no that's awesome paul thank you very much for taking the time to join us on setting the tone and just to correct everyone it is paul from black orchid empire and not black orchid right. as i've said at the start um do you know Rob, you're not the first person to do that, so I'll, 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 you're completely forgiven. But I thought I'd better correct you in case it goes uncorrected. You never know. People might be searching the wrong band. I would hate, would hate for that to happen because then there's no merch sales or album sales. Yeah, and right. Then I, and and then, I'm, then I'm to blame. I'm accountable for that. I can't have that on my conscience. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I hope the single goes really well when it comes out on February the 1st. And obviously the album's due out in a few weeks. And um, everyone go and check it out. It should be good fun. Amazing. Thanks, mate. No, it's thank you very much for your time. All the best, Billy. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our chat there with Paul from Black Orchid Empire. Please go ahead and um, check out the single, which is currently out now. The album is coming out on April the 14th. As always, Black Orchid Empire's links will be on Facebook, um, on Set and Tone's Facebook page, should I say, which you can find at um, Set and Tone UK Podcast on Facebook. Um, you may already know where to find Black Orchid Empire, which is great. So please go ahead, if you haven't done so already, go and check that band out, show some support. Remember, there is a special gig bit, um, at the Black Heart in Camden um, in April, so go ahead and check that out as well if you're able to get to that. Um, as always, guys and girls, thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode. It means the absolute world to have your support as always. Um, if you've got a single or a tour or an album, anything music related that you wish to discuss on the show, please feel free to reach out. You can do so via emailing stt-setentoneoutlook.com or reach out through our social media channels. We're on Facebook and Instagram. That handle there is UK Podcast, and the Twitter handle is stt-uk-podcast. Um, I'll do my very best to review or um, see what we can do in terms of setting up an interview. Um, that's all for now. Take care, and I hope to speak to you again very soon. Once again, thank you for your support. Bye-bye for now.